Okay, well, thanks uh, to everyone for sending in their questions on the text line and really appreciate the chance to be able to think through this uh, confronting but hopefully comforting doctrine of election with you here at uh, Trinity Church Colonel Light Gardens over the last few weeks. Uh, I'll try and answer a couple of the questions that were here, but don't hesitate to get in touch either with me or uh, with any of the staff at any point. Uh, so first question was, Romans 9.11 says that predestination is not based on anything we do, good or bad. Uh, God predestined Jacob to salvation, but not based on his righteousness. Does it therefore follow that God predestined Esau to hell, not based on his sin? Um, thanks very much to the person who's asked the question. Um, obviously, I tried to touch on this in the talk around the sense of, is there a double predestination? Uh, Christians differ on this, um, but I don't think that the Bible indicates that, uh, as I said in the talk, that God predestines some to eternal condemnation. Um, Theologically, you might infer that, but because the Bible doesn't say that, I'm happy with not reaching that final conclusion. Um, in terms of the particular question that's asked here, um, what I've tried to argue in this series is that if the doctrine of original sin, what we saw in talk two, uh, one of the implications is that no one um, is in a position to be saved other than God's merciful intervention. So... Um, I wouldn't say that God predestined Esau to hell, firstly. And second, um, I wouldn't say, therefore, that anything that he has done has caused him particularly to be condemned, other than the fact that we're all born sinful. Um, and that's that second talk that you might like to go back and reflect on if you'd like to. Uh, so thanks to that question, uh, for the person for that question. Some of the other questions that came in um, is a really helpful one. Most of the Bible verses referenced seem to imply that election is corporate, and that people are chosen, if this is the case, it seems less confronting than if election is individual. Um, so what is it? Is election corporal individual? Thanks to the person for picking this idea up. Uh, it is true that God says that he is saving a people for himself, and one of our difficulties in the West is that we tend to individualise things a little bit too much. Um, having said that, um, I think um, it's pretty clear that the Bible, whilst demonstrating that God's salvation is for people, uh, nevertheless is appropriated on individuals. Um, maybe the best example of that is in Deuteronomy, uh, where in the Ten Commandments, uh, God says he, um, uh, that his judgment falls on those who reject him to the third or fourth generation, but his favour on those who love him to a thousand generations. Um, I think what it's a reminder that is that God's merciful is um, abundant and um, extraordinary and that as he chooses and blesses one generation, it is for those who come after them. Um, having said that, each subsequent generation has to own that for themselves. Um, and I think, therefore, that's the right way to, for Christian parents to understand what's happening with their children um, I think Christian parents ought to presume that their children are part of the people of God by virtue of their parents' faith, but that rightly in due course and at a particular time, those children have to own the faith for themselves. Tragically, we see sometimes that doesn't happen, um, but when it does, I think it's a reminder of how God does save a people across time and space, but individuals still have to make that choice to um, call on the name of the Lord and be saved, as we saw in Romans 10. Um, and maybe the third and final question, um, someone has made the, uh, asked, uh, how is free will negated by God knowing what we would do in advance? Um, 
Thank you for the person who's asked that question. This gets to the very heart of the philosophical dilemma that I conveniently and carefully avoided. Um, I guess the reason why I've I made that kind of implication is because that's what most people think. I think most people think that if God knows what I'm going to do before I do it, then somehow that compromises my action and my responsibility and my autonomy. Um, that's usually where you see illustrations like, are we just puppets on a string or are we actors in a play reading out predetermined lines? Um, that's how most people tend to think. Um, what I've tried to argue in this talk, in this third and final talk, is that uh, God is completely sovereign. That means that nothing happens outside of his knowledge. Uh, the Bible will say, particularly in the Psalms, he knows the beginning from the end, from everlasting to everlasting. So God is completely sovereign, and at the same time that the Bible insists you and I are completely responsible for our actions. Um, and I think those two things are held together in Scripture, even if the means by which they're held isn't always clear. I guess my comment, therefore, is, and what I've tried to argue, is that um, talking about free will is the wrong vocabulary. Uh, I'd much rather us speak about God's sovereignty and our responsibility, because that emphasises, in a sense, the things that each party is accountable for. God is sovereign, therefore he is the one who makes all things. We are responsible. Our actions are real and they'll have consequences. Um, the questions around how much did God know in advance even of my individual will and choice? Um, I've chosen not to try and answer that because I'm not certain that the Bible gives us enough data to uh, explain that. Although I did try to say in the talk that even if God did know my decisions in advance, I don't think that's a problematic, not if he is the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. Anyway, that's probably enough for now. Uh, thanks so much for your time over these last few weeks and the chance to talk together. As I said, don't hesitate to get in touch if you'd like to chat at any point. A number of people have done that already. And a uh, great privilege to be with you all at Trinity Church Corner Light Gardens. Um, I hope you're able to meet together increasingly in the weeks ahead. Thanks very much. <laughs>